Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You can win big with NBC Sports Chicago and Coors Light. Just enter the scratch and score sweepstakes for your chance to win two sweet tickets to a hockey game this season and more. Enter at NBCSportsChicago.com slash sweepstakes. Welcome to the Blackhawks Talk Podcast with Charlie Romeliotis, who's in San Jose with the Blackhawks, and James Nouveau. I am Pat Boyle. How is California today uh, treating you, Charlie? Uh, I wish I had three days in Dallas because it was 80 and sunny in Dallas. It is 45 degrees and rainy in San Jose here for the next few days. So, James, get out your violin for me uh, and because I, I am uh, basically in the same weather as in Chicago right now. <laughs> kind of hope the cane deal gets done really soon so that you get shipped off to wherever he'd be playing and you wouldn't get to go enjoy SoCal or Arizona. Just uh, right, I- being petty right now. And odds are it's well, going to be let- New York, so it's going to be about a six and a half hour flight from here. Yeah, <laughs> let's get to that. Kane obviously on a tear, seven goals, three assists over his last four games. Should be eight go- goals uh, if, if the buzzer beater had counted. Uh, maintenance day for him in San Jose on Friday, but the rumors continue to percolate regarding Kane going to the New York Rangers. Uh, what are you hearing, Charlie? What's the latest? Yeah, so obviously uh, Twitter went through a firestorm on Thursday night when the Rangers uh, scratched Vitaly Kravtsov and Jake Lishuzin, Um because we everyone, I guess, was expecting that something might have been eminent. And then I looked into it and was told uh, that there isn't anything eminent, that Patrick Kane has not made a decision yet. But of course, it it means one thing for the Rangers, that if they are legitimately serious about acquiring uh, Patrick Kane, potentially, uh, they have to start laying the groundwork now, right? Because they're in a really tight financial caps uh, spot. So if they do want to make room for Patrick Kane, Kravtsov would obviously have to be traded. And then Lashuzin would likely have to be placed on waivers in the very near future so that the Rangers can open up a roster spot and they can accrue, they can start accruing some cap space. So I think it didn't signal that anything is imminent on the trade front, but the Rangers have to start laying that potential groundwork from now if they want to trade for, for Patrick Kane. So it sounds like a decision is coming very soon. Patrick Kane obviously took a maintenance day on Friday. Um, I don't know if I buy the maintenance thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's meeting Pat Bers- with Pat Bersan today um, because he is an LA-based agent. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I feel like... Uh, a decision is coming soon from Patrick Kane, like real soon. It starts to kind of uh, make a little bit more sense that he's waited this long to make the decision. If the uh, Rangers have to wait that long to potentially accrue the cap space in order to acquire him, it would, you know, make it would have made more sense for him to say like a week ago, like, hey, I want to you know, potentially be moved. I want to potentially be traded. But if you're in a situation like this where the Rangers have to try to squeeze every single bit of cap room that they can in order to make that work. It does behoove 
behoove you not to make it uh, public that you want to be traded and who you want to be traded to. And I think that that was probably, I think, a little bit at least in play last night with how quickly once those two players were scratched by the Rangers, how quickly uh, Pat Brisson was on the horn telling everybody that Patrick Kane hadn't made a decision. It sure reeked of one of those things where they're just kind of trying to line up the timing of when that trade request becomes public and when the Rangers are actually able to potentially pull the trigger on it. And, you know, between that and the fact that we all kind of had thought that the Rangers might be out on Kane after the Tarasenko deal. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it seemed like they had filled the role they needed to fill on that winger spot. And, you know, and yet here we still are. Patrick Kane may still be a New York Ranger. I think between the kind of cap gymnastics and that aspect of it, this story just keeps getting wilder and wilder. Yeah, the, the cap gymnastics, do you think, guys, as you, you both have kind of crunched the numbers a bit, does it look like that while things are kind of being put into place that this may need to take uh, the official uh, you know, transaction may not happen until close to, to March 3rd because they need to accrue those, those days and, and get uh, you know, some, some cap relief and and be able to fit him in yeah it, unless the rangers make a trade where they're moving money out that's outside of kravtsov and lushishin right so they would need another player that would be that would be shipped out but if the if those are their only two options and if they do go the latter part they would have to okay so essentially when i crunch the numbers the lowest that the rangers could get patrick kane at is his 2.65 or 2.625 million dollar cap it right and you would obviously involve a third-party broker when i wrote on thursday night the rangers have seven hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars in cap space their projected their projected deadline space um is actually nine hundred and eight thousand. so that's not enough clearly to get kane so they would have to move out kravtsov and lucian uh just to get them to 2.4 million dollars which means they're still two hundred twenty-five dollars thousand dollars short of that so basically once they move those guys out uh, Lucian specifically, they can accrue that cap space up until the deadline. And then at the deadline, uh, the Blackhawks can maybe make that trade because Patrick Kane's daily cap hit right now is $56,000 uh, and 757 Stretch that over an eight-day span and it comes out to be 454000 So that would be enough. Basically, the Rangers, if they acquire Kane on deadline day or right before it, I mean, they might have pennies left over uh, in the cap space, but it would also yeah. mean they would have to probably dress um i think i think the next few games they would probably have to dress 11 forwards because they they would need to to subtract two of those guys and and it's not even just that for them either if they if this is the path that they're going to take and they're going to give themselves absolutely no wiggle room cap wise they're literally going to be able to dress 20 guys a night and that's it and they literally will not be able to carry anybody else on their roster if anybody picks up any sort of an injury they're not going to be able to make any sort of call up like they are going to be about as close to the cap as you can possibly be and it's going to be really interesting to see down the stretch how they're going to handle that if they're not able to make any other moves 
they're on a knife's edge. And I think that they're really taking a pretty calculated gamble if they try to get past the trade deadline, only acquiring Kane and moving those two contracts out. However, they um, make it out of it. Honestly, that's going to be really fun to watch, too. Just like, ooh, how can this possibly backfire on the Rangers? The little the little bit of uh, chaotic energy I have in my brain is, uh, as Pat said beautifully earlier, it's percolating. I'm enjoying all of that. Yeah, well, they certainly have the spot for him. It looks like you would drop Jimmy VC down to a uh, like a third line role and uh, move Patrick into uh, the right wing mode. And again, I mean, I'm sure they would try him with Panarin as well. But um, do you think the package that the Rangers are going to, if this deal gets consummated, do you think the package that they send is going to be Oh, underwhelming considering that, you know, Patrick seems to th- this to be his number one. And and as we've had, you know, Elliot and other people say, probably the one and only target that he really has. Yeah, I think so. I would definitely temper expectations because it is known that the Rangers don't want to give up any of their pro- their top prospects. And also they don't want to touch the, their only first round pick that they have because they, they obviously traded it in the St. Louis deal, so they don't want to give up that 2023 first-round pick. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it's if it's maybe a prospect, but also a conditional uh, first-round pick, where maybe it's like the Marc-Andre Fleury trade from last year, where it is a, it's a second-rounder, but it turns into a first if the Rangers make the conference final or go to the Stanley Cup final and Kane plays a certain amount of games. Um, I will say this, guys, too. Uh, if, if Vitaly Kravtsov is traded, I, I'm not sure the Blackhawks would want to be the team that I don't know if they would want to center the contract or or the deal around that, because apparently there's some teams fear that Krofsov could go back to the KHL after this year. And so I'm not sure if he would be a long-term piece if you're, if you're the Blackhawks, right? So I don't know. They would obviously, they're obviously going to get a third party broker involved. I don't know if Krofsov would go to that third party broker. I don't like the Rangers would clearly have to pay the, the fee right? It's not going to be Chicago. It would be the right. Rangers to pay that third party broker. So maybe it's Kravtsov going to the third party broker as opposed to going to Chicago. Uh, but we'll have to see how that plays out. You We'd think they could try that the, uh, the number one, the, the first round pick that the Rangers have from Dallas away from Chris Drury. Uh, say that again. Do, so the, the, uh, the Rangers still have a first round pick uh, that they acquired from the Dallas stars do you think there's any way that they could pry that away from Chris Drury? I think the only way they would pry it away is if it comes with a condition. I don't think they would be able to pry it away just give give us the first round pick permanently. I think the Rangers are being very protective over it. It would be different if Kane gave the Blackhawks maybe two teams, but if he only gives them the Rangers, um, then then the Blackhawks really have no leverage. I, I think the Rangers get the later they they send the later of the two picks, I think, to St. Louis as part of the Tarasenko deal. So I think technically they could still keep their own pick. But yeah, without with the Rangers uh, having a second round pick, but then not having a ton of draft capital beyond that this coming year. Yeah, these these 2023 picks, the Rangers are going to be guarding those pretty zealously. Would you guys be opposed if they said, look, you can either do the second round pick this year or a first round pick next year. Are you comfortable taking the 2024 pick? I think I'd rather have the second round pick this year. Um, That's a good question. I would, I wouldn't, if you're the Blackhawks, I don't know if you would mind if it's a 2024 first round pick, if 
if you have if you feel like you can get another first rounder in this year's draft with McCabe and Lafferty packaged together, right? Mm. I think ideally they would want the the problem though James is that second round pick in this year's draft could be a later round pick, right? Because if the Rangers go deep, then you know right. you'd want to take the guarantee of the first rounder next year. Well, that would also give them four second round picks this year. And I think there's a scenario where you could maybe move back into the first round if you were the Blackhawks, like the back end of that first round. If you have that many second round picks, I feel like that might be a little bit of an enticement. And then also don't forget, they technically, I believe, have don't they have two first round picks next year, too, thanks to the Hagel trade? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. There you go. They so do. you could potentially have three first round picks next year, or you could get a fourth second round pick for this year and maybe package those and move back into the first round if you wanted to. Charlie, uh, the Hawks have made some some moves this week. Do you feel that um, it's in preparation for some roster changes with a, possibly a Jake McCabe trade or a Sam Lafferty deal? Yeah, I think with the the Zaitsev trade, I think that was specifically, I mean, they got a they got a basically a free second round pick in this year's draft just to take on uh, a four point five million dollar cap hit. And I did not realize how desperate Ottawa was to get rid of him and his contract, <laughs> right? That which means Ottawa, me like they they probably have something cooking or they're trying to open up a potential bigger move. But for Chicago, you get the second round pick. You obviously get the other whatever it was uh, draft pick in in a couple years. But also, it helps the Blackhawks fill out the rest of the roster this year if they do trade Jake McCabe and Jack Johnson, where you're not dipping into Rockford and pulling those young guys up to finish the year here. But it also helps them get to the floor next year if that yeah. might become an issue if Kane and Taves aren't here and, and got Domi and guys are moved out like that. I, I did speak to a Blackhawk source last night, and they said getting to the floor next year is actually not really a concern for them. Um, so take that for what you will. But it does help when you're just filling out the rest of this year's roster with an NHL body. And it does also help them to potentially, you know, have all of those right-handed shot guys to be able to pair up with all the young left-handed shot defensemen that you have too. I think that that's probably to me, the more intriguing thing about that is, yeah, it does give you the flexibility with a player like a Connor Murphy or a Jake McCabe on the trade market, but it also does give you that opportunity to really maximize the potential that you have with those left shot defensemen that are in your system right now. Jake McCabe missed uh, the practice in San Jose on Friday. Uh, I do think it could have been some bad shrimp, or maybe he's still (laughs) hearing about rumors that Edmonton wants him. Uh, As Luke put it, he threw up eight times. Yeah, (laughs) Astonishingly uh, very precise, I will say. (laughs) I mean, it, it was funny because obviously Patrick Kane is out with a maintenance injury, and then you see Jake McCabe is out with an illness, so everyone was kind of drawing these conclusions that ironically those are the two big names that the Blackhawks could get uh could trade ahead of the deadline Kane obviously you can read into that what you will but McCabe when Luke Richardson comes out and says he threw up eight times I I, like that's not a suspicious sort of that that would be really detailed um so yeah he definitely sounds like he's he's kind of dealing with something so and who knows if he'll even play tomorrow on on uh against San Jose eight times by the way uh, eight times yeah, no, no, for the no. eight teams on his uh no movement clause <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna say by the way um with, with zaitsev he's not in san jose apparently he's dealing with some immigration issues so don't expect him to be uh with the blackhawks for at least a, a few more days maybe even towards the end of the week 
is anybody going to play for the Blackhawks in San Jose? Like if McCabe's, you know, got the bad shrimp and the eight times thing going on and they're not going to have Zaitsev, like who are they even dressing in San Jose? Why is Charlie even there? Well, the good news <laughs> is Tenorti was skating today. He was practicing there and Jujar Kara was also. So they're coming. They're inching closer to a return at a pretty good time for Chicago. You can't stop Tenorti. You can only hope to contain him. <laughs> uh, the feel good story is one David Gust, who's from Orland Park. Uh, fill us in a little bit, Charlie. You wrote about it on NBCSportsChicago.com. Yeah, so first off, shout out to Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts, who uh, shared a little story that David Gust almost walked away from hockey after, after last season when he won the Calder Cup with the Chicago Wolves. He was obviously 28 at the time. He hadn't played in an NHL game yet. So um, he, he was apparently preparing to walk away. So I knew that information going into practice on Friday and I asked David about it. And he obviously confirmed the story that he was preparing to walk away, but it made it easy for him to want to give one last go around to sign with the Blackhawks organization because he is an Orland Park native. So a big reason why he signed with the Chicago Wolves is because he can obviously stay in his hometown. So when the Blackhawks offered him a contract, a one-year AHL deal with Rockford, he decided to take it and obviously turned it into an NHL contract. Um, he was at the 2015 Stanley Cup clinching game as a fan. Uh, so he grew up a Blackhawks fan. So this is obviously a really cool story. The, the one thing that um, Luke Richardson had shared, uh, do you guys remember a few weeks ago, um, Yaroslav Askarov, he... he um, he beat the the Rockford Ice Hogs in the shootout, and then it, his clip went viral of him benching the the bar, yes. the crossbar, yes. of the net. Yeah. So at the the Rockford Ice Hogs played Milwaukee the very next night, and Askarov was the goaltender again. And Luke said that David Gust every shift was just giving it to him and chirping him. So Gust has a little bit of character uh, in him as well. He's kind of a glue guy. So not only is he he's has he been producing offensively in Rockford, but he's also uh, a guy that you know likes to get under. Uh, opponent's skin as well. And I love the way the Blackhawks are rewarding these guys like Sini and now Gust, who have been basically career AHL guys, right? Minor league guys. In Gust's case, he's never, until the other day, he's never signed a pro contract, an NHL contract. And Actually, he... he he clarified, Pat, that he'd actually signed an NHL contract with the Carolina Hurricanes during the COVID year. But he okay. said, but he said he was like, it wasn't really a true contract because it, they had the taxi squads and what he's like, I knew I was never going to get in a game. So he says ah. this kind of felt like the true, you know, I, I kind of made it and he's likely going to make his NHL debut with the Blackhawks at some point, but it won't be Saturday. Yeah, but I mean, just the fact that they're rewarding these guys and giving them an right. opportunity you know, I, I, you know, I'm a sucker for a good story. And this, this seems like one of them. We're not going to see him in San Jose though, barring, you know, I don't know any more shrimp problems or whatever. Uh, <laughs> likely we'll see him in uh, Anaheim or uh, against uh, the Arizona Coyotes, right? Yep. Yeah. Charlie will just continue following the Blackhawks until David Gust makes his debut. I think that that's the reason you're out there, right? 
Yeah, well, by, of course, of course, James. Uh, but by the way, also, uh, David Gus turned 29 on Tuesday. So that was his birthday. His agent called him on Monday during the off day to say, hey, the Blackhawks are signing you to a contract. And then he was I think he was scheduled to go on to a on a, in a birthday dinner with his parents. And that's when he broke the news to his parents that, oh, hey, by the way, I'm getting an NHL contract. Wow. So that was yeah. a very cool story for Orland Park native. Well, hopefully they can make their way to the to the left coast and uh, and take that game in in person. Uh, any other uh, tidbits or things that we need to uh, share with the uh, the Blackhawks fans? Uh, I, I can't think of any. The reason why we're keeping this a shorter podcast uh, for all the listeners is because this could change at any moment. Uh, so we're going to try to pump this out for you. And then hopefully by early next week, we'll have some more clarity and we'll give you a little bit more of an elaborative podcast. But we wanted to address all the Kane stuff right now. Quickly around the horn, do you think we'll have a Kane trade this weekend? Uh, Charlie, start with you. Um, I don't know if we'll have a Kane trade this weekend, but I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna have a Kane decision by the weekend. I, I think ultimately he's probably gonna end up. You would think that they're gonna end up sitting him, right? If he was at home, maybe the calculus changes a little bit. But I think he may end up being a healthy scratch if the Rangers are still trying to scrounge together cap space and they want to keep him healthy. So that's what I think will end up happening. If Kane is really trying to do the Hawks a solid so that he gets, you know, the best, uh, the, the Hawks get the best haul they can for him. Don't you think he'll, they'll keep it quiet and just try to get this deal done. And then once the deal is done, then all of a sudden you're going to hear Patrick say, yeah, I want to go to the Rangers. <laughs> I, you know, I thought about that too, because, and and I actually was thinking about how, Philadelphia handled the Claude Drew situation and it was a little bit different because they were trying to get him to a thousand games before right. they moved him. Right. So that's why it's, you know, I, it's kind of like unprecedented of a guy that had won Stanley and also Claude Drew didn't win anything in Philly. Like Kane is a, is a legend because he won three cups, right? There's, there's just a different feeling around it. So it's hard to kind of, there's no really real blueprint of how the Blackhawks and Kane should handle this because it's just different from the, a little bit different from the Jeru situation from last year because of the 1,000 games part of the equation. I think if he really wants to do the Blackhawks a solid, I think he would want to try to stay as healthy as he can, and I don't think he wants to take any unnecessary risks against teams like the Sharks or the Ducks or the Coyotes. I don't think that, you know, those don't really get the competitive juices flowing, so to speak. So I think that it's going to eventually leak out anyway if he's requested the trade and if it's with the Rangers. I think it would probably be a smart move to just stay healthy at that point. So that's kind of where my mentality was if I was number 88. By the way, right. no chance the Rangers circle back on this cane if he if he doesn't have these last four games, right? I mean, right. I mean, we've been saying to you know his his nagging hip injury. We feel like it's been overblown, and that the primary reason for his production is because of the the players that he's been playing with. I mean, suddenly Kane's hot, and now everyone's back interested in Kane. I yep. mean, welcome, and welcome back, fellas. It's Validation. Look, and it's a teams he did it against, right? It started with Toronto. I think that Toronto game on Sunday night, you know, was a marquee game north of the border and for GMs all across the league. And then he follows it up uh, against Vegas and uh, who was the other team? Dallas. Uh, Dallas, yep. Dallas, yeah. So, I mean, we're talking three playoff bound teams two teams that were atop the western conference when he played them so 
we'll be all over it. Charlie, enjoy your time uh, with this team in San Jose. I'll see you on TV for an extended pregame show on Saturday. <laughs> all right. Celebrating the career of Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we lead the league in, in tap dancing for opposing teams' ceremonies. It's like unbelievable. But they know I, you guys can handle it. Yeah. It's the we'll second try. one in San Jose, too, because last year or last uh, earlier in the year, it was, it was Doug, Doug Wilson. Wilson ceremony. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, James? When you're on your couch having your third IPA and we're just <laughs> starting around 930. Yeah. Y- y'all are getting a text message. I'll send you a, uh, picture, a, pic- a picture of the adult beverage of choice. All right. Sounds good. That's it for the Blackhawks Talk Podcast. For James and Charlie, I'm Pat. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate us and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.